you got to just, you know, trust your heart. You got to give it a try. If you don't, you're always going to wonder what if. Uh, if it's if it's right for you and it clicks, it's amazing. And you're not going to, you're never going to know unless you try. And if you don't, you could miss amazing opportunities. Um, like I said, the Honolulu Marathon, it was so inspiring just seeing the elite athletes and really seeing the wheelchair athletes and what they were doing. And they weren't giving up. And it just, it's, don't not try something because you're afraid to. Welcome to the Feel Good Running Podcast, where our goal is to keep you motivated, inspired, and energized. As a runner, or perhaps you are looking for the right motivation to become one, you've definitely found the right place. We share inspirational stories from real runners, motivating running-related information, and much more to help you feel good about your running. And now your host and a longtime feel-good runner himself, Jim Lynch. Hello, runners and wannabe runners. Welcome to episode four. I'm Jim Lynch, and this is my podcast, Feel Good Running for the Everyday Runner. Today, we have a great show. I interviewed a very good friend of mine and a real feel-good runner. Her name is Beth Downs. This interview is at times emotional, but it's very inspirational. I love Beth's focus, drive, and ability to take a very sad situation and come out of it stronger, better, and a happy person. So I think you're going to enjoy this. All right, let's take care of some business. The Feel Good Running Podcast is almost a month old. That's amazing. And runners are listening. They are. I've had a lot of downloads, so somebody's listening to me out there. The response has been great, and I am so humbled. So how can you help the show grow? Subscribing through Apple Podcasts would help. There's a link on my website, feelgoodrunning.com, that you can click and it'll take you right to it. But most important, and it really will help boost the show, is to leave a nice review. Now, when you leave a review, what happens is, is that it goes up in the rankings and it starts to get more exposure. I've been learning the SEO stuff, which is search engine optimization. But I'm finding out that in podcast, if I can build my ranking in Apple podcast, that's going to give the show some more exposure. So if you could leave a nice review, that would be so wonderful and I would very much appreciate it. Now, do you have a story? Because I've been interviewing people so far that I've known that have really good stories. So do you have a story on how you got into running and how running has changed your life? You know, I would love to hear it and consider having you on the podcast. So just go to feelgoodrunning.com. Uh, there's a pay place on the main page. Send me a quick description. And also, just so you know that if you do go to feelgoodrunning.com, there's a lot more information about the episodes. There's some information about the guest and some additional links that you'll enjoy on the episode. So uh, you may want to go there and check that out too if you have time. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there for you to listen to that you're probably listening to. A lot of great running podcasts. You're choosing mine. I thank you. All right. Okay. Let's move on and do the show. So how you doing? It's 2019. Happy New Year. Did you have a nice holiday season? Did you get some new running gear by chance? Maybe a new pair of running shoes, a running watch like a Garmin or an iWatch? 
maybe some running outfits. Well, if you did, congratulations. Now look for the sales. On Maui, we do not have any running store or even a sports store. So the majority of my stuff, I need to get online, except maybe socks. I can get socks out here. That's about it. I recently took a trip to California in November and I stopped at an ASICS outlet and most items were 40% off because of Black Friday. Nice. You know, I walked out of there with a couple pairs of shorts, uh, about three shirts, some socks, and I think a pair of long uh, sweatpants for under $90. Can't beat that, can you? All right. So how are you feeling about 2018 and your results for 2018? If you did races or if you kept a log of your running, I checked my log and I ran a little over 1,100 miles in 2018. That's a lot for some, not much for others and astronomical for those that really don't understand running. Now, entering a new year, what are your goals? What are your goals going to be for 2019? Are you going to pick out a race to do this year? Have you been slacking recently because of winter? Well, we all know that with New Year's comes New Year's resolutions and those resolutions most of us will not keep. That's just the way it is. Now, if you're looking at a resolution for 2019 to become a runner or become a better runner, I am going to suggest one piece of advice that could potentially increase your odds And that is to get out there and join a running group. That's right, a running group. Or at the very minimum, if you have friends that run, get with them. So how do you find a running group? Well, every major city has them. Even small cities have them. You can start by Googling running groups in your area. Go to a local running store if you have one. And many of these local running stores host weekly runs. Go to a local gym. If you belong to a gym, ask around, ask the front desk, see if they know anybody around that uh, does any type of running. However, they may not be as knowledgeable because there's so many other different offsets at a gym, such as CrossFit, classes, yoga, spin, and all that. Go online and check meetups because somebody may host a run in your area. Look on Facebook and Instagram to see if there are people in your area that post pictures of them running and reach out to them. All runners are friendly, so they won't have any issue with letting you know what's going on in the area. I host a weekly run in Kihei, Hawaii through my running club, the Valley Isle Roadrunners, and many vacationers find me through the internet and contact me directly. I can then respond and let them know their options. And many have found us and become regulars at our weekly run. And now we're all incredible friends. Runners welcome new runners and guest runners with open arms. And I can attest to that. When I travel, the first thing I look for is a local running club and try to join them for a run. The key contact person is always friendly and always welcoming and gives me all the information I need to join them. Even if you are just getting into running, just starting, runners will welcome you with open arms. So never feel uncomfortable. Go there. You may feel a little out of place, but you will become very comfortable very quickly. My first running group was the Reston Runners in Reston, Virginia back in the early 2000s. That group is still going strong and I made several friends. It became a part of my life. The same when I moved back to Denver, I found Runner's Edge of the Rockies. And I will tell you, a running group will change your life. Not only will you stick with running, you will meet some of the most wonderful people on the planet. And the new friendships you will develop will be your strongest friendships. 
90% of my friends I met through running. If I never got involved with a running group, I would have never done 101 marathons. It changed my life and defined me. I would never give that up. It will change your life too. You will enjoy running more and look forward to it. So if your resolution is to start running or becoming a better runner in 2019, start researching running groups now. Yes, right now, this minute, get it done. It will be the perfect path to a New Year's resolution that you will have a good chance to keep and get you to the finish line, so to say. All right, let's move on to some running news that will motivate and inspire you. Searching anywhere and everywhere. Here is this episode's Feel Good Running News. Nate Velens is a skateboarder, an amazing skateboarder at the age of eight years old. Just a month before turning four, Nate was diagnosed with leukemia, and for nine months, he went through very intense chemotherapy treatment. Nate would be so weak, he could hardly walk up the stairs. He eventually started to heal and regain his energy and turn to sports. Of course, skateboarding is his passion, but one day soon after, he was somewhat back to normal, and now five years old, he was going to go for for a bike ride with his dad, Scott, but they forgot to load Nate's bike in the car. Nate, being a very cool little dude, said, no worries, I'll just run next to you. He ran a few miles and had a natural form, and the bike was history. Four months after that first run, Nate ran a half marathon and another one at the age of six years old in two hours. Nate is now eight years old, and over Memorial Day weekend in 2018, he participated in a two-day, 28-mile trail race. The first day running that race, he did 17 miles. That really sparked his running interest, and this past November, he ran the NCR Marathon in Baltimore, Maryland. Oh yeah, his dad started out running with him in that marathon, but then Nate wanted to push it a little harder. And harder he did. He finished his first marathon at eight years old in a time of three hours and 32 minutes. You heard me right. Isn't that truly amazing? And what an inspiration Nate is. You know, we struggle through our first marathon. We struggle through every single marathon. And an eight-year-old Nate runs it in three hours and 32 minutes. Amazing. Check out my show notes at feelgoodrunning.com for some links of videos of Nate skateboarding and articles of running. Thank you, Nate, for fighting through your illness and inspiring us all. We wish you a long and prosperous life filled with running, skateboarding, and whatever you want to do, Nate. What a truly amazing and inspirational story that is and that is what feel good running is all about well i guess this episode's news is featuring youth runners riley haradura just completed the honolulu marathon at the age of 12 years old riley has been a runner for some time and completed several half marathons yeah at that age but to run this particular marathon held a very special meaning to him. He was running it for his grandfather or his papa, 
as Riley calls him. Riley's papa was diagnosed with stage four cancer in 2014 and survived only two years before passing away in 2016. Riley wanted to do something huge in his memory. Riley said that his grandfather was a strong person and therefore he wanted to do something tough for him. He was very special to me and I loved him very much, said Riley. So Riley and his father ran the Honolulu Marathon in a time of four hours and 58 minutes and 40 seconds. Riley said cancer can and will kill someone and we all know that's true. Riley said, I want to say to anybody that you can achieve anything as long as you have the right mindset. I didn't think about inspiration. I just thought about honoring my papa. What a selfless, fine young man Riley is for doing this for his papa. You know, as a runner, when you're doing any type of race in honor of someone, as tough as that race may be, just the mindset makes it a little bit easier. Riley, I am absolutely positive your papa is very proud of you. And finally, a few episodes ago, I mentioned Gene Dykes, the 70-year-old runner that was aiming to beat the world male 70 to 74 age group record set by Canadian runner Ed Whitlock when he was 73. Whitlock's record was 2 hours and 54 minutes and 48 seconds. Well, on December 15th at the Jacksonville Marathon in Florida, Dykes beat that record by 25 seconds coming in at 254.23. Now that is an accomplishment. However, that accomplishment seemed to be short-lived. According to Gene Dykes on his Facebook page, apparently the marathon course was sanctioned by the United States Track and Field Association. The actual race itself, though, was not sanctioned. A marathon must pay the USTAF to be officially sanctioned. Marathons such as Chicago, Boston, and others pay the hefty fee of almost $15,000. However, smaller races do not feel the need since they do not attract elite runners that may break world records. So that said, the USTAF will not accept Gene's world record. This is sad, but we all know that Gene did beat it. I hope this gets rectified, but knowing Gene's background, he probably will attempt to beat it in another sanctioned USTAF marathon. Good job, Gene. And now it's time to welcome this episode's very special running guest. This is my most exciting part of Feel Good Running to introduce to you our guest interview. I look for guests that have personal running stories or in some way giving back to running, building a better running community. And this week's guest is very special. Beth Downs lives here on Maui. I had a chance to interview her quite a while ago. And when I was in the early planning stages of the Feel Good Running podcast, I knew I wanted Beth to be one of my first guests. Beth is one of the most wonderful people I know, and you will hear during our talk, she has transitioned quite a bit over the past few years, going from low self-confidence to a painful experience to becoming one of the most positive, enthusiastic, energetic, and loving persons I know. I must warn you in advance, there are parts of this interview that are quite emotional, but all part of Beth's transition to the person she is now with her lovely daughter, Ella. So enjoy my conversation with my very, very good friend, Beth Downs. (laughs) 
Hello, Beth. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Good. Well, I'm so glad that you're on the podcast today, our Feel Good Running Podcast. You happen to be part of one of my inaugural guests on the show. And, you know, I'm doing a lot of guests that I know here on Maui right now. Um, as, as this progresses and expands, then we'll, we'll have more guests on. But the um, reason I have you on is because I love your story. And uh, I feel like I'm a small part of your story, <laughs> not a major part of your story, but a small part of it. And uh, I think those that are listening, wherever they're listening from, are going to really enjoy it. So um, tell me a little bit about yourself. You're from South Carolina. From South Carolina, originally from Columbia. We've been here almost six years now. I moved to Maui for my husband's job, and it was kind of a spur of the moment on the whim. Let's do it. We'll regret it if we don't, and we love it. Were you ever here on Maui before? We've never been here before we moved. So you just went out of the (laughs) dark, out of the blue, Uh got an airline ticket, said we're moving there. Kind of, yeah. It uh, Two days after Christmas that uh-huh. year, we moved. Um, about October of that year, my husband asked me, I thought jokingly, but it w- apparently wasn't, if I would consider moving to Maui if you found a job out here. We had been tailgating in a football game, and it sounded like a great idea. So you and made your decision at a football game. Kind of. Um, and he had an interview about a week later, and... Had a few more interviews, and they wanted him out here pretty quick, and we held him off till Christmas so we could spend Christmas with family, and wow. we moved out here two days later. Now, is this a college football game you were at? It was. It was a University of South Carolina Gamecock game. Any idea what the score was that day? I don't know. No. <laughs> I hope we won. Um, we were in a good mood, so I guess we did. I, yeah. Well, good. Good. Yeah. So back in uh, South Carolina, what did you do? Um, I worked at the law school, the University of South Carolina School of Law. I was the associate law registrar. So I worked a full-time job, normal hours. Um, So the idea of moving out to Maui and not um, having a full-time job was kind of scary. But it was exciting as well. So when you were back in South Carolina, did you exercise? I did. Um, I So I danced my whole life mm-hmm. and went off to college, and there wasn't a dance team there or a dance studio around. So I didn't do much for the first semester, and I missed it. And so then I kind of started with the running um, and just working out more so, doing aerobics classes here and there, that kind of thing. Um, and then after graduating, I kept up with the aerobics classes at first, Um and then got back into the running a little later on. Um, I did sub some aerobics classes, some body um, sculpt classes um, back in Columbia, but nothing like here. <laughs> Were you a certified instructor back there? Uh, no, I just filled in for an instructor who asked me to. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, and <laughs> as far as your running back there, were mm-hmm. you... Were you just kind of a casual runner Very at that casual. time? casual. Never did any races. Um, mm-hmm. Always wanted to, but just did it more for the exercise um, than the love of the sport, I guess you'd say. Right. And you said you moved here about six years ago. Mm-hmm. And so when you moved to Maui, how did you get involved? It, it, we're at Powerhouse mm-hmm. Gym, by the way, in, in Kihei. And uh, Beth... Beth is the office manager here Mm -hmm. at Powerhouse Gym. Um, So how'd you get involved here? Um, Well, I was looking for a gym. I took uh, spin classes while I was in college. It was part of the 
working out that I did um, and wanted to uh, keep up with that. So I, I found some spin classes here at Powerhouse and just started coming to those. And one thing led to another, and I got certified to teach the classes. So I started teaching classes. Um, and then shortly after that, um, I became the office manager, part-time office manager, and everything just fell into place from there. So when you came to Powerhouse Gym, mm-hmm. you came in as a member. As a member, yes. And, um, and then you started, I think, Robin Mm -hmm. was the spin instructor at that time, Mm -hmm. and she kind of dragged you into (laughs) all kinds of things Uh here. Uh, She was on me about teaching classes and getting my certification, and I'm so glad she did. Uh, So I followed through with that, and um, the first class that I did, I subbed her class uh, while she was um, doing a race. and yeah, I'm super grateful for. And and so um, your your certification, you started running before you got certified did, in, yes. in spin uh-huh. classes. Mm-hmm. And, and when I met you, I met you probably through Robin. Mm-hmm. And she, how did she start you into running? Well, like I said, when I first moved here, um, before joining the gym, I was running and I was running on my own and um, I wasn't very smart about it and it was more of a just go out there and run as fast as I can for as long as I can and when I'd get back to the house I wouldn't necessarily feel great at all Um, feel like I got a good workout but the rest of my day may have been shot Um, so then I joined the gym and started coming to the classes Um, met Robin and one night I was telling her that I had never done a race, uh, that I wanted to do a race. And she said, well, there's a half marathon and I think it was like f- four weeks, five weeks maybe. And so here's your training plan and we'll get started tomorrow. Was and this the Maui marathon? It was. It was marathon? the Maui half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that was my first. So oh, I remember <laughs> running with you and Robin uh-huh. and all that. And at that time you had really not a lot of confidence in yourself no. Mm-mm. as a matter of fact you weren't really that fast of a runner mm-hmm. and you just didn't have a lot of confidence mm-hmm. why was that uh it was new um it wasn't something that i um i mean i i love working out but as far as running went it was i saw it as more of a of a workout and not something I was maybe as passionate about. I, I saw it as a great workout, and I saw it as a workout that I saw results from. Um, it wasn't a part of my daily routine. It wasn't a mindset. Now it's more a love for the sport. So tell me about your first half marathon. i not sure I knew you at that time, or if I did, I didn't know you that well. Yeah, we had ran together, you know, here and there with Robin, um, more running into you on the street and continuing on for a mile or so. Um, my first half um, was the one that I trained like four weeks for. It was like a crash course training plan. Uh, I was nervous, um, really didn't quite know what I was getting myself into. I knew I could do it distance-wise, but I had no idea as to how fast it would be or what it would feel like or what I would feel like at the end. Um, The end felt great. Um, I didn't feel like I could 
continue on much longer, but it felt good. It felt like a feeling of accomplishment and a feeling of definitely wanting to do more. Um, what was your what was your total long mile mile run before that? You know, I want to say it was only like ten miles, maybe eleven. Mm-hmm. And I think it was eleven just because I told Robin I want to get over that little hump. You know, ten to eleven. That's it. That yeah. that's like when you train for a full and it's you do twenty miles. I want to do that twenty one to get over that hump. Right. So when you did this uh-huh. marathon, there was something about you that was going on, correct? Right. Um, I was actually pregnant and did not know it. Uh, so I was 13 weeks pregnant when I ran my first half. And didn't work out well. Nope. Um, so I found out I was pregnant at 15 weeks, so shortly after. Uh, same day I found out I was pregnant, found out it was a boy. Um. And then shortly after. Um, I was in Michigan visiting my sister, and we lost the baby. I remember that. I was with some of the runners at the Honolulu Marathon, and we were at the airport when we found out that. My mom um, was with me. Um... Justin, my husband, was still on Maui. He was going to meet me in Columbia uh, the following week, and we were going to be there for Christmas. Um, and it was, it happened so quick, and it was so horrible. Um, my mom was the one who called Robin to let her know, and that's when um, you found out as well. So there is a bright side <laughs> yes. to, to a very tragic situation that you went through. After you lost your child, took you a while to get back into the swing of things. Yes. But then you got back into the swing of things. Yes. (laughs) And you changed. You became more confident in yourself. Yeah. And it was amazing to see the difference because you weren't confident in yourself (laughs) before. And something in you changed. And I saw that in you. (laughs) And so after, after that, um, what did you start doing to really come back and start feeling good about life and feeling good about working out and feel good about yourself? Um, I was definitely a different person. And, you know, it, it was hard. But it was kind of like once we got back to Maui and I was able to, to start running again. It kind of, you know, I mean, the last thing that I had done being pregnant was basically running. And so it kind of took me back to that. So it was a good, it was a good feeling. Mm-hmm. And it gave me, you know, lots of time to think and be by myself and in a beautiful place. And it was just, it worked out well. And so um, then you became an instructor, yes. <laughs> a spin instructor. And... Um, a brutal spin instructor from what I, I've been yes, to a couple of your classes. <laughs> and uh, it's not like you just do one or two classes. You, you do a lot of, of uh, uh-huh. instructing. Uh-huh. 
Um, especially then, um, before um, my daughter was born, I was teaching four classes a week um, and back-to-back classes um, and six fifteen a.m. classes, and it was... Um, it kept me busy, and that's what I needed at the time. I needed to keep my mind off of things. And <laughs> getting on the spin bike and telling people what to do and pushing them kind of pushed me, too. So it was um, the perfect combination. And then you started running again. I did. Um, yes. Not, <laughs> not a lot, but you uh-huh. started You started, started back. back. Yes. Um, at least in the running thing, you didn't have a ton of confidence yet. Uh-huh. Um, and I remember the half marathon I was with you uh-huh. at, which was the Honolulu half. You just were petrified. Maui half. Or the Maui, Maui half. Yeah. yeah, the Maui uh-huh. marathon Maui. half. Yes. Right. Uh, yes, I was petrified because that was my first um, real race back after um, losing Bryce. And it was the last race I had done was with him. So... Mm-hmm. I was, you know, all those emotions on top of uh, knowing what was coming and on top of knowing that we, um, my husband and I had decided that we we wanted kids. And so that was going to be, it was kind of my full circle and I wanted to do that half. And then after that, you know, go forward. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I was petrified. And you're (laughs) petrified, but you did well. And Uh I remember... We connected up right around the turn uh-huh. as you're heading towards <laughs> the finish line. Uh-huh. I think it was Connapoly Parkway that uh-huh. takes you right into Connapoly Resorts where the finish line was. Uh-huh. And uh, at that particular point, you, you got through the race and, <laughs> and that was that. Uh-huh. I remember you coming up behind me. <laughs> and I think Pushing afterwards you even told me, you go, oh, well, I'm going to do, do a marathon. I'm going to do the Maui Oceanfront Marathon. And uh, I want to, I want you to start training me. Uh huh. And uh-huh. Um, that kind of never worked out because. <laughs> uh huh. What happened? Um, I got pregnant <laughs> with my daughter Ella. Um, shortly after the uh, Maui half that year, um, we found out and announced it at Christmas. Um, and then. <laughs> I think I had talked to you about training and you had come up with a great plan. And I think like a week later, I came back to you and said, I'm, thank you, but I'm not going to be able to run this one. <laughs> That's right. And actually, I think we were in, we this, were office in this office when yes. you said that to me. Uh-huh. But that's good. And then mm-hmm. so the your, your pregnancy uh, continued. Mm-hmm. And uh, interestingly... Um, your daughter was born premature. She was. So I, um, my daughter had told me that working out was not the cause of losing the baby the first time around. And she did let me um, continue to work out because that was very important to me. Um, now, when I got to 20 weeks, I had to stop running. Um, and I came into the gym and did the elliptical. I was only allowed to do an hour um, and only that one hour for the day. Um, and then at 22 weeks, that was cut down to, I think, 30 minutes um, instead of an hour, maybe 45. Um, and then at 25 weeks, I went into preterm labor again. Um, and they flew me over to Oahu 
so I was at Capiolani, and then Ella was born two days later, um, and she did great. Uh, it was very, very scary and very emotional, um, especially since we had gone through that before. But she, from day one, I mean, from the second she was born, the doctors were just so impressed. Her color was good. She was breathing room temperature. She was by far the youngest baby in the NICU, and she was on. She was doing better than most. So she just she's a fighter. She is a fighter, <laughs> and she's gorgeous. Thank you. So, um, you know, we were really surprised here because there was a balloon outside <laughs> your office, uh-huh. and it, and it announced it, and and it was so early yes. because I think what early. how early three months premature. Um, Yes, sir. So I was, because I was six months pregnant. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure that that was a, it was a joyful uh-huh. moment, but also a, a scary moment because yeah. of what happened exactly. in the past. Exactly. But it, it all worked out. Now, when um, your child was born and you came back here, mm-hmm. um, you, I don't know if you drank rocket fuel or <laughs> what happened, but from that point yeah. on, you became this incredible runner. Thank you. <laughs> and you are out there almost every single day running. Mm-hmm. And, and for the last couple of years now, mm-hmm. I don't know. How, how old is Elle? Is she almost two? Uh, she's two and a half. Two and a half. Oh She'll my be three gosh. in May. I know. Time flies. And it wasn't too long after she got out here that you started pushing her. Correct. Um, as soon as the doctor cleared me to run, um, I started running. So I was actually running on Oahu before we came back here. So I would go out early, early morning. I would get um, about a six mile, six, seven, I think eight was the max I did over there, mile run in, and then head straight to the hospital and stay there for the day and night. It, it, it was great. It cleared my head. It helped me get in my mindset to go to the hospital to prepare myself for the day. Um, and then as soon as we came back here, um, she was, so we were in the NICU for 77 days. Um, we came back here. My mom um, had been on Maui while we were over on Oahu house-sitting for us, so she stayed with us. So for the month she was here, um, I would go out and get my run in in the mornings um, and then come back home. And then after she left, I think maybe two weeks or so um i continued that routine and would get my run in while she was still asleep um but after that i just it was time to put her in the stroller and go and once we did that i i tried it out one day i i was afraid to push her the first time it was scary so i put her in the stroller and i pushed her thinking okay well tomorrow you know i'll let you sleep and i'll come out and do my run while she wasn't having any of that she wanted to go run, and we've been doing it every every day since. And and a lot. Uh-huh, You've been yes, doing sir. it a lot. So um, when you started pushing her, uh-huh. um, you really got fired up about running, and uh-huh. you were very consistent. Uh-huh. Confidence was uh-huh. just strong, you know, between your spinning classes uh-huh. and between running. Uh-huh. And I think the first half marathon you did after that was the uh-huh. Valley to the Sea half. It was. And I didn't even know you were running that. I didn't know I was running it either until the night before. <laughs> and we were on the last stretch about a, maybe a half mile, uh-huh. maybe even less than that coming into the finish. And you come flying by me <laughs> and just tore it up. 
and I think you did somewhere like a 345 or something oh, no, like that, that. 145. Or 145. Half, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. We're talking. We're, we're in a half marathon. 145. 145 was my time. Mm-hmm. Which was absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it showed that all that was paying off. Mm-hmm. And so when did you decide to do your first marathon? Well, when I turned, um, it was always in the back of my mind. I always wanted to do it ever since running my first half. Um, But I said out loud when I turned 33 that by the time I turned 35, I wanted to have run my first full marathon. Uh, And living on Maui, that really didn't give you too many opportunities Mm -hmm. um, to run a full marathon just based on the number there are here and the way they're spread out throughout the year. So I knew I I had to just get on it. So I turned 33 and I said that. And then I started training for the January full um, for the following year. So I started training in maybe August, September. Does that sound about right time-wise? And this is for the Maui Oceanfront Marathon. mm -hmm. Um, And so I turned... I'm sorry, let me back up. When I turned 32... Yes, I get my age confused. When I turned 32, I said that. (laughs) I turned 32, I said that. I turned 33 in December. That year, I ran my first full in January when I was 33. Then... That was January of this current year, and then in December of this current year, last week, Sunday, I ran my second full. Well, let's talk about your first full, (laughs) because you, I remember we went out, you were Uh running how many miles a week at that time, about 70? Uh, Yeah, well, anywhere for, I, I did back off when I was training, because I'd run into you, and I was afraid I'd get a lecture, and so which you usually do. <laughs> I usually yes, I'm I'm used to them now, so it's good. Yeah. Um, I backed off during training, and I was doing anywhere from fifty to sixty to seventy miles a week, depending on right on training. Mm-hmm. And then we went with your friend to uh-huh. the War yes. Memorial uh-huh. Stadium, and I I tested <laughs> your time going uh-huh. around both of you to do the prediction it's called the yasso 800s mm-hmm. and people that are listening to this know what yasso 800s are mm-hmm. and uh i didn't want to tell you because i didn't <laughs> want to mess your head up but i knew you were going to break four hours and then i kind of uh, knew what your friend was going to do too uh-huh. and your first marathon was around a 358 mm-hmm. it was 357 something 357 it something. was close to 358 yes right under four hours and it felt great yeah and i wanted more <laughs> yeah it's uh it, it that's a nice course it really uh-huh. is everything clicked everything clicked that day and mm-hmm. you know i was at the finish line and i kept hearing reports of where you were and this and that uh-huh. so that's good and then um it was almost uh at least close to a year since your last one and mm-hmm. your last one was just uh this last weekend mm-hmm. and that was the honolulu okay and it was awesome and so you went there and uh-huh. had no expectations nope um you know you you have a number in your head but honestly i just if if i if everything clicked and i felt like i did the time before that's what i wanted um i 
I knew it was a harder course. I knew you had Diamond Head at mile 24, and I knew that there was a lot of people. I did not realize that it was the fourth largest. Uh, I heard that on the news two nights before I left, and that freaked me out a little. Um, but it was, it was so inspiring. It was just an amazing marathon. I'm so glad I did it. I can't wait to do it again. <laughs> well, you know, the it's it, actually you could just kind of get buried in with all oh, those yeah. people. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, it was tough. It, there was some obstacles that I overcame on the course. Um, it rained. And it rained early on, which was great, and cooled it down. But then you have wet shoes and wet socks, and it was super windy. Um, and I remember at one point just looking down, thinking, I hope I don't run into anybody because I can't keep myself straight with the wind. Um, around mile 11, I got a cramp in my um, calf, and I was very upset because I thought, it, is this the end I mean is it going to be over before it really even starts and I just pushed through that and got that thought out of my head because that's not like me I you you can't just quit um that was mile 11 about mile 14 15 it somehow either worked its way out or I just forgot about it and didn't think about it anymore um and then the final one was about mile 18 I got a pinched nerve in my neck and I was just grateful that it that wasn't at mile one or two. And, um, you know, you look to the side, and at that point you see runners that are, gosh, at mile eight or nine, and they've been out there the same amount of time you have. Mm-hmm. You started at the same at the same time, and you're almost done. You've got six, seven miles to go, and they have over half to go. It, the, You know, the voice in your head is just like, shut up and just run. Just do just it, Just do right? it, yeah. So that's what I did, and... I'm glad I did. <laughs> and your time was? Uh, it was 355, 355, 57? Something right? close to yeah. that, yeah. Yeah. Which is a PR uh-huh. for your second yes, one. Yep. So, you know, first of all, you know that marathons, it doesn't matter. You're going to have pain. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. You know, you're going to have cramps. You're uh-huh. going to have exactly. pinched nerves. You're going to have everything. and. And uh-huh. somehow it just goes away uh-huh. because you're mentally focused. It's all a focused. mental game. I mean, that's, right. that's completely what it is. And it's, I've learned that I'm a, a lot more, um, I'm a lot mentally stronger than I thought I was. And I think all of that kind of goes back to um, the first time I was pregnant. And mm-hmm. I never knew I was as strong or could be as strong as I turned out to be. And I'm not talking physically strong, the mental game. Just mentally yes. strong. Mm-hmm. Well, seeing the progression of you <laughs> from then to now is just amazing. Thank just you. Just amazing. So what's next for you? Um, I'm ready to do it again. I'm ready to sign up for another one. Um I don't want to wait until December to do another one. I'd love to do Honolulu again. Um, like I said earlier, living on Maui, it's kind of a little more difficult because there's not that many options. In my head, I'd like to do the Maui uh, Marathon in October because uh, I hear it's a great one. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I heard that too. Race director is a friend of mine. <laughs> oh, I, I, you know, he's he's kind of a jerk, but that's okay. <laughs> 
Uh, so I'd like to do that and, you know, support him and support my running. And then maybe if I can do Honolulu again that year, so maybe do the Maui Oceanfront as my um, my training marathon and then do Honolulu and hopefully be strong and have another PR. I think you will. And, you, you know, you, I always say that, you know, you would be a tough person to train because <laughs> you will listen, uh-huh. but in most cases you won't listen. I will listen to every every word, every mm-hmm. piece of advice, and mm-hmm. I, will, it, it will, I will let it soak in. But I probably will run an extra mile or two or ten. Yes, you will, ten or ten. <laughs> See, I, that's true. Uh-huh. Believe me, when Beth says or ten... It's 10. <laughs> Ten's a good number. It, it is a good number, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, you're, you're very fortunate because your body is in great shape. You can get out there and you can run so many miles. And, um, you know, you're always prepared Thank you. At, the, at the races now, which is really good. So um, in closing, because uh, I really enjoyed this interview. And your story is really phenomenal. I, I wish, I, I'm hoping as this, this podcast uh, progresses and, and grows that more folks will come on and, mm-hmm. and share their stories like mm-hmm. you have shared your story. Um, what would you tell somebody out there that's listening to this? Maybe they just found it and they're checking it out and they're thinking about running or whatever. They don't really know, but they're just kind of listening. What what kind of advice would you give somebody who's maybe just starting out or maybe going through some hard times right now? You got to just, you know, trust your heart. You got to give it a try. If you don't, you're always going to wonder what if. Uh, if it's if it's right for you and it clicks, it's amazing and you're not going to you're never going to know unless you try. And if you don't, you could miss amazing opportunities. Um like I said, the Honolulu Marathon, it was so inspiring just seeing the elite athletes and really seeing the wheelchair athletes and what they were doing. And they weren't giving up. And it just, it's, don't not try something because you're afraid to. And it, it certainly gives you something to look forward to in life. Definitely. And Ella, she's amazing. And she absolutely loves going out there and being in her stroller and running. And even after the Honolulu marathon, she was there at the finish line. I carried her across the Maui ocean or the, yes, the Maui ocean front mm-hmm. marathon finish line. And it was great. And it, the perfect ending to the perfect day. Um, but then at the Honolulu with all the people, I knew that wasn't an option. She was so excited to see me. Uh, we walked back to the hotel and she did not want to be in her stroller. She wanted to run. And when she says run, she says run, run, run. And what she means is we, we run together. And so after crossing the finish line, we ran, ran, ran back to the hotel. And it was as painful as my legs felt at the time. It was the most amazing feeling. And for her to want to follow in my footsteps, it was great. Well, maybe someday... (laughs) In the in the future, mm-hmm. you both can run a marathon together. That's what, I know she's mm-hmm. two and a half years old now, so it's it's going to be a while down the road. It's going to be a while. I could see you both out there running. 
The problem is, is that either she'll be faster than oh, you. she will be faster, and I will totally be okay with that. Or, mm-hmm. or she'll be mad at mommy because mommy's fast and, <laughs> and she wants to just run with mommy and mommy wants to go, go, go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, um, I joke that one day she's gonna, her, just her, her fight from the very start, she's going to have that fight forever. Mm-hmm. And she will be crossing that finish line before I do. And then she will be coming back to bring me water and to help me cross it. So that's the plan. Well, phenomenal story. <laughs> You're a phenomenal in person in general, a, a good friend, and yes. uh, just uh, you're you're an inspiration to a lot of people. Thank Whether you. you believe it or not, <laughs> or think it or not, you are. And uh, and so good luck with everything. And I'm sure I'll be out there. I, you almost killed me the other night when I was pushing <laughs> Elle in the stroller at our Christmas run. I, I was dying on that last hill. <laughs> it's tough, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You I counted as a lift, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was it was crazy, but a lot of fun. So thank you, Beth, so much, and uh, good luck to you. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me and letting me share my story. Absolutely. Well, there you have it. I hope you really enjoyed my interview with Beth. What an amazing person she is. And some follow-up since this interview was done some time ago. In 2018, Beth had an amazing year. She completed the Iao Valley Half Marathon here on Maui, along with the Maui Marathon. She is an ambassador for Mind Over Matter Athletic and a rep for Orange Mud and is a spin instructor and office manager at the Powerhouse Gym in Kihei. Now, get ready. You need to be sitting down for this one. In 2018, Beth averaged 68.1 miles per week, which is 9.7 miles per day, and ran a total. All right, you ready for this? A total of 3,550 miles in 2018. And how does that relate to burning calories? Well, how's this? 337,000. Can you imagine what you can eat? Man, oh man. What a transition in Beth's life. I am so proud of her from where she was to where she is today. Be sure to check out the show notes for some pictures of Beth and her beautiful daughter, Ella, and also some links to her sites, along with her Facebook link and Instagram link. And that way you can send a note to her and say... You keep going, girl. You keep going. So proud of her. She's an amazing person and absolutely a true feel-good runner. Here is a running quote to keep you inspired and feeling good. I am such a fan of motivational running quotes, and the one I found for this episode is absolutely appropriate for the start of the new year. And it goes like this. One run can change your day. Many runs can change your life. Think about that. One run can change your day. Many runs can change your life. Now, if your resolution for 2019 is to become a runner or become a better runner, keep this quote in your head as your mantra. And keeping in mind what I discussed earlier, you know, we can all do one run. But being part of a running group, you're going to have many runs in your future and it is going to change your life. I guarantee it. Have a wonderful 2019. And remember, running is as simple as just showing up. And no matter what, always, always feel good about your running. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. 
please consider sharing this podcast with your running friends and spread the feel-good running vibe around you. Head over to feelgoodrunning.com to access all the links and resources mentioned on the show. Until next time, keep motivated, keep focused, and keep on running. It is sure to make you, well, feel good.